Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Yes, it's me, Egbert. As the new owner of this station, I want to make sure we have the best talent on the air. That's why I've decided to ban all real estate agents and only have real talkers like Brad and John. Here they are, B and J. John, I got to make sure I got everything set up right. We got a power failure here. Are are you there? Okay, I'm here. Yeah, amazing. I got it all. Hey, right. happy MLK Day. Yeah, happy MLK Day. Uh, boy, lots of stuff closed today. Why are you working today? It's MLK Day, Brad. Yeah, don't ask me. It's just... Are you gonna Are you gonna take Truman Day off? I'm gonna talk to Egbert about that. Aren't we gonna like? <laughs> Maybe go to Independence, Missouri, and yeah, yeah. you know, do some Truman stuff on Truman Day. I've told the story before. If I were the president of the United States, there would be you would have two holidays a year, your choice, and that's it. You know, none of this. And you know, now we got another one. And I, you know, if I say this, people are going to go, "Oh, he's racist." Juneteenth, okay? Like we need that, okay? Look at the kids from school, okay? Figure that, and by the way, some of the schools were off. John made a mistake because one of my listeners called and said, he's not right. We have to work tomorrow. And she sounds just like that. I don't know her, but I bet she sounds just like that. Right. Uh, I think Dana is her name. Uh, Anyway, uh, (laughs) we had to, uh, John said that all the teachers in the St. Louis area were off on Friday, which was not the case. And, John was wrong. And you I said, was wrong. You said there was a half day on Thursday. And normally, in where my kids went to school at, the half days were always on Wednesday. We didn't have a half Oh, wow. Days. That's inconvenient. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, ump day. You know, you can't have those teachers work whole day. Uh, yeah, any, absolutely Anyway, um, if you figure that some of the districts, and you are correct, some of the districts had Friday off, correct? Correct. Okay. So that means that now none of the schools will, the first time they've been in five days in a row, will be next week. Because the first week of January, some of the schools didn't go back to like Wednesday or Thursday. Some of them didn't go back at all. Some didn't go back to last Monday. So then they had a Friday off. This week they've got a Monday off. I'm telling you, it wasn't like that when I went to school. Me neither, Brad. And we didn't get that whole period of time. I don't think we got that whole period of time between Christmas and New Year's off. I had a discussion with one of my teacher friends, and she says, that's the way it's always been. So I stuck it on my Facebook page of my graduating class, and almost everybody agreed with me. We got whatever the we've got whatever the day was before christmas we got that off yeah uh, and then we didn't go back till the day after uh uh january 1st so so we went back on the second if that was a weekday and uh we never got a a easter break we got good friday off off that was it Good yeah. Friday off, and then we've got. Uh, I think what else have we got? Uh, we went- and you were probably because you were such a troubled youth. You were probably in summer school, but there was not a Juneteenth national celebration then, and we hadn't even taken corporations hadn't even given you a day off 
for a day of racial reckoning for St. George Floyd. So you predated all this stuff, Brad. Well, you really missed out. Well, the only summer class, summer school class I ever took was uh, was driver's ed, which was a trip, which to this day, you know, if I want to tick off my teacher friends, they'll go, well, there's all sorts of things you do on a daily basis that you learn from going to school. I go, yeah, my two most important topics were typing and driver's ed. Absolutely. And you know what? I always make the argument for shop class. We can't forget our shop teachers. Yeah, but you know what? Most of the schools don't even have shop class Oh, anymore. don't get me started on that, Brad. I, I'm going like, you know, you, you know, you're the one that told me that. And I did a little fact checking and you're right. Most of the schools have eliminated shop class. Like, how is a kid supposed to learn how to use a lathe? Well, the problem is, you know, we've talked about this before, not a beat, beat, a, bed, uh, beat a dead horse, whatever, beat a bed, whatever. whatever <laughs> not a beat a bed horse. Beat a bed horse. Uh, the problem is that. You come out of college with a four-year degree, and you're lucky you can get a job working at Starbucks, making Absolutely. whatever it is per hour. Yep. You come out of high school, and you go to like Rankin Tech, and you, you know, and at 20, you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year as an HVAC tech. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, it's like, I do. And you know, and when we're preparing students for these next-generation jobs, it leads right into story number three today. Well, like for example, a friend of the station, her son. Uh, went to one of these six-week uh, Super Duty coding classes where, mm-hmm. you know, in six weeks you learn how to code and computer stuff like that. He's now making $75,000 a year, you know? I mean, right it, off the bat. Yeah. Right. And I'm going like, no, hold on a minute now. I mean, Not bad work if you yeah. can get it. And it's funny. Every once in a while you'll see one of these videos on YouTube or on Facebook where you see the, the 22-year-olds, I went to school and got a degree in art appreciation. I can't get a job. Amazingly. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> believe that more places aren't hiring art appreciators to work 40 hours a week. Matter of fact, I was at a store the other day and they said now hiring only art appreciators. So <sighs> and and you know what, but you could still do it on Fiverr and you could do the bjshow.co logo for a tidy sum yeah. and get paid. Yeah, for 20 bucks, right? We're still talking about <laughs> the thing. Matter of fact, Mike Elam on his Facebook page has a comparison of the new St. Louis. If you don't know what we're talking about, was it last week when... when last Friday, yeah. We, we talked about it on Friday. Dr. Page has what he had, a state of the county address. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, and, it's a party, but it's, it's right, imagined it's a, as an address so that... Friends, family, supporters can gather in one spot, and you know they make it. Technically, I guess it's an address, but it's really a party. Yeah, they they met at the Two Hill. Don't tell uh, Ed Goldman that he'll 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 blow a gasket. I can't believe they didn't go into the Keel Opera House. Anyway, um, he had he kicked off the new logo, which they spent what ninety thousand dollars for. Yeah, ninety thousand. Which you said was a bargain, and I said. Ninety thousand dollars. I can go on Fiverr and get a, a you know a, yes, a logo you can. for twenty yes, you bucks. Can. And, but the good luck hiring a creative agency in St. Louis that meets all of your that meets all the boxes that you have to check. Good luck hiring one for under a hundred grand. Fart, I'm wait. serious. It sounds ridiculous, but listen, I stand in these meetings, Brad, with creative agencies. Okay, so where? Go ahead. What boxes do they have to check? Well, it depends on it depends on how how politically correct you want to be. Like, do you want to hire a group that's female owned? Do you want to hire hire a group that's minority owned, that's certified, whatever WBA, et cetera, et cetera. And again, so the other thing to think about too, Brad, is that you and I haven't talked about this before, but a, a friend of mine was asking me about this, and I explained it to her. If you are hiring an agency to do anything, you could hire a young, fresh, creative group for, let's say, $10,000 to do the logo, right? Right. And if it comes out and it sucks, everybody's like, what the hell? This logo sucks. What are you doing? 
But if you hire a big expensive firm for a hundred grand, you hire a Fleischman Hillard or you hire an elasticity and you pay them a hundred grand and it sucks. You know what you say? Hey, we hired the best firm in town. We it, paid them a lot of money. But I what do you want us to do? I don't agree with that reasoning at all. I say I, I don't. Hey, Brad, I, I, let, let me interrupt. I don't either. And I, before I went to Monsanto, I worked at a small PR firm and it was explained to me. Here's the mantra to remember, Brad. No one ever got fired hiring Fleischman Hillard. In other words, if you go top of the line and you hire the Cadillac, the, the Cadillac company and the grand package with all the bells and whistles, nobody can say, well, why didn't we do this the right way? You can shrug and say, hey, we hired the best company. We paid them a lot of money. Sorry. Is Fleischman Hillard still in business? They are. Yeah. Is Darcy? Darcy's gone, right? Yeah, I don't. I, I never worked with Darcy, so I don't know. Um, we could probably do a quick Google on that. I don't know. I mean, they were they were the eight hundred pound gorilla for a right. long time. Back in the day, uh, Fleischman Hillard had uh, AB and Darcy had AB, and uh, that was enough to make your your agency a lot of money. Uh, yeah, and, and and you know what? And and you're right. Back in the day, but see, the crazy thing about it is, let's go back in history. And let's listen to some of the old creative for Anheuser-Busch, which most of it is excellent, and most of it is funny. Most of it, the ones that yep. aren't funny are, are heartwarming. And now what do you get? You get all this. I mean, let's not even touch on the... On the, 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 the <laughs> you want to, No, we, we, won't, we to. won't even touch on, on, on the, the goofy thing last year with, uh, with Dylan. But, I mean, most of their creative sort of sucks. It's yeah, not, and and the fun the funny thing about it is, remember, we got to get into the top three here real quick. Remember, you, we, you and I talked about this. The lady who started the whole thing with Dylan Mulvaney, she was mm-hmm. she was the vice president of marketing. She was brand manager for Bud Light, and she was given the task of you have to change the focus because you and I have talked about this many times. Products have a life cycle, and uh, things that people use when they're in their 20s is not the same thing they use when they're in their 40s or 50s or 60s. Yep. And essentially she called it, and remember that ill-fated uh, uh, um, she did a podcast, she called it what, frat frat boy advertising? Yeah, like, like frat boy, yeah. Frat boy. Okay, I say What's wrong with frat boy? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. When I you're say, a beer, I say go know? back to watch Animal House and tell me what's wrong with that. That movie is still funny. You know what I mean? I mean, and and to the point where why do we have to be? I don't know. I just don't get it. I mean, my thing is, my thing is, <laughs> I could tell you a story. My thing is sometimes I say there's mantras I use in working with clients. I say mention the client's name at least three times. I say always take out all the pronouns. Don't say we are the best, you know, Buick dealer in town. You know, X, Y, you know, uh, uh, West County Buick is the best Buick dealer in town. No pronouns. And I also say, say you can't say the name enough. We had a commercial years ago that ran on this very station, KSL Can We Still Play Music, and it was for a mortgage company. Matter of fact, I think it was for a mortgage company out in St. Peter's called Hometown, Hometown Equity Mortgage or something like that. Okay. I think the guy's name is Don Miller, who I don't know if he's still in business or not. A lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of the mortgage companies have gone under, but that's a whole other story. And it was a 60-second commercial of a bunch of people saying the phone number. They probably said the phone number in that ad 30 or 40 times. And I'm not exaggerating. 30 or yeah. 40 times. We had people calling the station complaining, can you stop playing that commercial with the phone number in it? 
And I would always play the devil's advocate. I'd say, what commercial is that? And they knew exactly which commercial. Is it and the, they could give the number right, right back to you. It's the hometown equity commercial. What number did they say? 636. You know, <laughs> they knew the number. I'm going hey, like. Hey, sometime when we're not rolling right into the top three, you got to tell the story about the upside down billboards and the upside down bus advertisements. Well, but, but see, once again, that ad worked. It worked. Absolutely. It sure it did. It got people's attention. They knew which ad it was. They knew what the phone number was. And I get that they, you know, but see, f- from a radio programmer's side, the problem there is that's a button pusher ad because if somebody's driving along and they've already heard that ad once or twice, that ad comes yeah, on. Yeah, they're going to skip. Bonk, right. They're on somebody else's station. So I see it from both sides. Okay. John Combest, C O M B E S T, johncombest.com. Every single day, including holidays like today, he puts together the top three stories of what he has ascertained from his statewide search of news stories and gives us the top three stories. And now, John Combest with number three. The number three story from today and over the weekend is that Missouri could be the new center of renewable energy and electronic vehicle battery manufacturing really? in Missouri. How's that going Yeah, happen? the St. Louis Post-Dispatch had a terrific story. There's a really good reporter at the Post-Dispatch, and some people are rewinding the tape right now and saying, what? There's a really good reporter at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch named Bryce Gray, and he was the bane of our existence when I was there during the Monsanto and Bear days. Um, and which is why he's such a good reporter, but he did a, he did a really thorough piece on what's happening in South central Missouri. And we touched on this, I think a few weeks ago, but that area is getting a lot of attention and most importantly, investment for the ability to mine the materials that are used to make batteries for electric vehicles and then some other electrical applications. Na- name a, name it a city that would be near in what you Fredericktown said. is Fredericktown. a good example. Okay, okay, I know what you're talking about. Okay. And then so if you think about kind of like a swath throughout south central Missouri, it would be that area. The the main takeaway from this is that a consortium which is based at, at what used to be called Rollo, which is now Missouri Science and Tech, has put together a bunch of companies including Doe Run and, and a number of other companies, I think there's about 20 in total, and they got a $450,000 grant from the federal government to, to essentially put together a package and a proposal of what it could look like to manufacture this stuff. Now, the interesting thing is that in February, the consortium is applying for a grant for between $20 million, wait, let me double check this, between 20 and $40 million they're going to be asking for. And the idea is, excuse me, the idea is that that area right now, which essentially just mines these components, so you think about cobalt, you think of some other rare earth minerals, instead of just mining them and shipping the powder somewhere else, Missouri wants to be able to, these companies want to be able to make Missouri the place where you can mine the material and actually manufacture the end goods. So whether it's the metal or the batteries or et cetera. John, you know what? What's that? That's a horrible idea because they're going to tear up the ground. They're going to pollute the environment. They're going to build manufacturing plants with this big big smokestacks to put all that CO2 in the air. We can't have that. It sounds like this beautiful country song <laughs> Seminole Wind by John Anderson. It sounds like you're, you're almost quoting that verbatim, Brad. 
<laughs> and we certainly can't do that to people like Brad Hildebrand go around driving electric vehicles. Is that like pave part up paradise and put up a parking lot? Ooh, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, know? yeah. And the Counting Crows version of that was terrible, by the <laughs> yeah. way. I just had a conversation. I went out with friends on Friday night, and we were talking about that song. It's an entirely different story that nobody cares about. Song number two, or song number two, story number two, Jay Ashcroft, who happened to be in the news a bit last week, was spoke to the Missouri Net, especially, namely reporter Marshall Griffin, and was talking about the presidential primaries in Missouri. Gave a brief overview of the Republican caucuses, mentioned the Democrat caucuses. The most important thing, Brad, that I think is right up your alley is he mentioned, and I hadn't thought of this, the Missouri Libertarian Party is having a conference in Earth City in about a month on its February 24th. That's not, it sounds like the kind of event that you would enjoy, Brad, no. going out and talking to a bunch of libertarians. Can I tell you something? No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, Brad? I mean, no. talk about talk about what a party the libertarians would have. Like, they were the original ones on board with legalization of marijuana, all that stuff, you know? They're a bunch of kooks, okay? I mean, <laughs> I call myself a libertarian, but you know what? They're never going to get elected. You know, it's never going to happen because... The you know once again I've given the example again you go to a a a very you know a very uh, adversarial court hearing and there's two attorneys who are going back at each other and you think they hate each other and St Louis County you know if they if they close the court down at five o'clock. At 5.05, those two attorneys, who in court look like they hate each other, are in C.J. Mugg slapping each other on the back. Oh, boy, didn't we do great in court today? It's all fugazi. It's all... It's fugazi. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, what, what did we say last week? Oh, kabuki. <laughs> it's, That's not it's, Italian. But it's let's ka- say it like it's, it's Italian. Japanese. Hey, it's kabuki. It's kabuki. That's all it and is. You bring up a great point, though, Brad, because libertarians, self-identified libertarians will tell you there's a difference between being a big L libertarian and being a little L libertarian. So Brad Hildebrand is a little L libertarian, not a big L libertarian. Well, and once again, let me state for the record, because I get this all the time, people don't understand what a libertarian is. Libertarian, hold on a minute. Uh, Libertarian is a person who essentially believes that there is a reason for government. Once again, we drive on the right side of the road. Uh, You know, there's the FAA, which we'll talk about later this hour, which, you know, makes sure the planes don't fall out of the sky, things like that. But yet, not to the point where what's happened recently where you get all these goofy, stupid bills and legislation and crazy crap that's like, Okay, who the hell came up with that? Because you know, you're a minarchist. Remember what our friend Camelia Peterson referred to you as? You're a minarchist. That's that's uh, that's as opposed to an anarchist. Is that what that means? Yeah, you just believe in minimal government. Well, I do. And and real quick, Brad, let's do the number one story real quick. I can do it in thirty seconds because I know we're up against break. Yesterday, the Washington Missourian had a story about U.S. Representative Ann Wagner. It's at the top of my website for yesterday, Sunday. And the key quote from here is she, she went through a broad range of topics, Ukraine, Israel, Hamas, etc. Here's her key quote. I'm a workhorse. I'm not a show horse. Now, do you do you agree with that? Or you, you say that sort of like with the way you're the tone of your voice. You're sort of like, yeah, right. Oh, I think I think it's a fantastic tagline. Now, a quick Google search 
that took about 10 seconds shows that a number of members of Congress this winter have already used that catchphrase as like their gimmick going back to their districts and announcing their reelection. It's a well-worn phrase. We used it, by the way, at the old Monsanto is one of our taglines about how to sell different cotton varieties. We trained our salespeople. Some are show horses, some are race horses, some are work horses. So it's a well-worn phrase and members of Congress are using it the cycle. But I think it's catchy, you know? Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it as that. And it's a good way. It's yeah. a good defensive way for Ann Wagner, who, as I understand it, hasn't held a whole bunch of public forums. It's a great way for her to say, hey, I don't need to go out and show off all the time. You don't see it, but I'm working she's all the there. time. She's there working. Okay, I got it. Okay, we have to take a break. 